Hello and welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, marketing, ideas, technology and everything that's good. Uh, in the spirit of this, we have a sort of digital celebrity, am I allowed to call you that, Conrad? You can call me whatever you want. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't like it. <laughs> that sounds fine. <laughs> uh, so we have Conrad Feldman in the uh, room who is CEO and co-founder of Quancast. Uh, also in the room is uh, my as well Hello. co-host, So you know Hi. Um, so your CEO, you co-founded and launched Quantcast in 2006 with Paul Setter to transform the effectiveness of online advertising through the use of science and scalable computing. Before this, you co-founded Searchspace, which is now called Fortent, the leading provider of terrorist financing, detection and anti-money laundering software for the world's financial services industry. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, yeah. So off the back of that, what did you set out to achieve with Quantcast? So um, with Quantcast, I, I, I saw a a challenge in digital advertising as digital advertising was was growing and I started looking at it at the end of 2005 2006 we had search as this incredibly effective advertising medium because it was leveraging the fact that the internet enables you to, to deliver different content to different people and therefore through the use of data you can create much more relevance and therefore better results for everyone and yet outside of search and display data wasn't being applied in that same way everyone was still seeing the same same advertising content on a particular site. And, and I wanted to know why that was. I didn't know much about advertising. So in doing my research, I discovered the problem was data. Mm. With search, the data, the, the technology needs to make a decision is presented by the consumer. It's the keywords. Uh, but outside of that, if you look at a typical brief or an RFP, it talks about the characteristics of the consumer, the mm. demographics, their interests, their habits, their lifestyle aspirations. So really what we set out to do with Quantcast was to find a way to systematically manufacture that sort of data for, for every digital consumer so that we could help advertisers create more relevant experiences and more effective advertising campaigns and help publishers you know, more effectively uh, monetize the consumers that, that are engaging in their content so they can produce more great content. Have you done that? I think we're on our way towards doing it. I, th- I certainly feel that, that where we are today, we provide really strong results. And I think that uh, that's sort of seen by all of our clients, thousands of thousands and thousands of uh, advertisers now. But I also know that we've got a long way to go. Mm. We're actually only a few years, truly a few years into real-time advertising. Mm. And um, it's easy to think that, you know, whatever, six years in since the introduction of real-time exchanges, that maybe everything's done that can be done. Mm. But people forget that um, in the world of web search, Google didn't launch until web search was five years old. Mm. There was actually a lot Mm. of innovation Mm. still to go. And there's still much, you know, so much to be done. Um, we're not halfway yet. There's uh, that, a long way to go. I think that's really that perspective is really interesting because it 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 looks like what you're sitting on is a massive massive success story, but you've you you're saying there's still a path to go, and and I guess there's been surprises along the way. What what surprised you most coming in, as you say, from an as from an outside perspective? So coming in from a, from an outside perspective, there was a, there's a few things in advertising. I think initially, it was in the fact that so much work was done to research. Uh, audiences understand consumers and their use of products and to plan Mm. and yet there wasn't a way of applying that consistently to the media that was bought Um, often it was lost in translation Uh, that was one surprise thing another thing I think that sort of has permeated the industry and becomes more of a challenge as we move to to operating where you purchase individual impressions is the the way in which marketers and the procurement teams think about things is in terms of cost and that works its way through the industry and if you're going to buy a whole newspaper ad uh, or a whole TV spot, then if you get the cost down, you're getting down the cost per outcome. But when you're buying programmatically, you're buying individual impressions, lower cost doesn't mean lower cost of outcome. You may not get the right things. 
And so I think that the, the focus on costs has to be replaced by a focus on value yeah. and value creation. And that involves using more data, better understanding yeah. the differences in customers. So that's been, that's sort of a, one of the things that's And planning me. for outcomes rather exactly. than uh, inter exactly. intermediary metrics. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we would agree. Mm. So we're beginning to touch on it, um, and you're early in your journey as a, as a, as a company, mm -hmm. but where do you see the industry, both from uh, everything and then right. digital, going in the next so, three to five years? Well, digital will increasingly be everything. Obviously, yeah. the, the, the ad industry itself in total continues to grow. It grows largely in line with GDP, but within that, digital's capturing a larger and larger share. It's, it's eating so, tra traditional, and, and within that, sort of programmatic and the use of data to make real-time decisions is eating digital. So I think we're going to continue to see that trend for, for many years. So when you, how are you defining day, digital then? So, for example, when I started my career, head to digital just had to have expert knowledge of display, search and affiliates. That's mm -hmm. what head to digital was. But now, head to digital is, you can't be head to digital and be an expert in all of those things. You have to, be an, you have to understand the, the flow of data between things and how everything interacts with each other. So you have to have a generalist with speci specialists working into you. Is that how you're, are you defining digital, therefore, as, as a data flow? If everything's becoming digital, we hear that a lot. What does that mean? I, I, think, of, I think of digital as as essentially something that is delivered via the internet protocol. So okay. I think of digital as content that is delivered specifically to an individual device at an individual point in time. And it's, and it's that that offers the ability to modify content sure. in a way that broadcast can't do. And it's that which gives us the, the opportunity to not just make small improvements to advertising effectiveness, but really substantial, substantial gains. So that's what I think of as digital. And then within that, from a programmatic perspective, I think you know, part of programmatic is workflow. Mm. I think about how you are using data to make those real-time um, opportunities for engagement more compelling and more effective. Mm. So and I think that that's the piece that's really growing quickly. So agility is key. Yeah, for, absolutely. For, uh, and, and, and a change for some people. It is, and you have, to, you have to embrace change because we know it's going to change. We don't know exactly how it's going to change. We don't know what all the right answers are. Yeah. So you've got to be willing to, uh, to experiment if and, you, and understand that not everything will work, but you can learn from that. If you could wave a magic wand, and um, I think, Esther, you've hmm. got one in your pocket, <laughs> yeah. um, and change something about digital and the industry right now, what would, you, what would that be? That's pretty easy. Um, if, you could, if I could wave a magic wand and fix one thing, and this is a really hard thing to fix, it's attribution. Hmm because it drives everything else. The way in which we measure outcomes and value creation really affects the tactics that we use. And if we're not measuring things properly, we, put, we can put money into things that, that may appear to be working, mm. but actually aren't really causing the outcomes. Yeah. And I'll give you a great example today in, in, in the programmatic space. Retargeting is way overused mm. because people look at the last touch on a campaign, they see it was retargeting. Well, stop for a minute and think about consumer behavior. Consumers typically don't purchase a product the first time they go to a website. It would be unusual if retargeting wasn't the last yeah. touch. And just because it appears as the last touch, so there's the correlation there, it doesn't mean that there was causation. Yeah. And so if you fix attribution, you start to reward the behaviors that actually engage and find new qualified, qualified prospects and move them through. And all of our concerns in the industry, we have concerns about um, viewability, yeah. concerns about fraud. If you had true attribution, they disappear. Mm. An ad that's not seen cannot influence a consumer. Mm. And at least today, mm. robots don't buy products. Yeah. So if you had great attribution, we wouldn't worry about those things. And I think it would, it would make our industry um, 
it would get our whole industry focused on the things that really make a difference. I also think that not everybody knows the difference between causation and correlation, and that's vital now. It's a very, it's one a, of my bugbears. It's a very, look, we are, our brains have mm. been designed by yeah. evolution to spot patterns. Yeah. You know, it was, it was great for surviving. Yeah. And so we like to spot patterns and, and, uh, and we like to associate patterns with some cause, but, it, but that may not be the case. Yeah. So what is the difference between causation oh. and correlation if we're, if we're here? So correlation, correlation is that um, as the sun rises, the cockerels crow. Um, causation would be implying that the sun rises because the cockerels crow. Sure. Fine. Um, just I'm carrying on that point because the, the attribution thing is, is fascinating right now. The, I think one of the challenges we've got in the digital world is we can measure everything. So we do measure everything. We optimize towards everything, whether it be a click or an engagement mm. or something that doesn't matter, like you say. Do we suffer from either over, on one hand, being overly complicated in, in digital in terms of trying to attribute everything, or do we suffer from you can't attribute TV as well as you can digital and you can't attribute press as well as you can digital, but in terms of econometrics and um, applying value to everything we do in digital within the view of everything that's happening in the marketing space, do, are we better off just going with the lowest common denominator in, in that respect? So where does attribution fall? Should it be complex and digital only, or should we? how does it fit into the wider marketing? Yeah, so I think we have to, we have to, we have to solve these problems sort of mm. one piece at a time. So clearly, in thinking about attribution and your marketing mix, we need to understand the contribution of all aspects of what we're doing. These are really hard problems. Yeah. Um, but just within, just within digital, where we do have more measurements, We've, we've, we've seized onto certain metrics that actually perhaps don't best represent our goals. I mean, a classic example is the use of the click. Yeah. Um, Click-through rate or the click as the conversion, which comes from search. Now, in search, it's a good metric because think about the consumer. Think about what the consumer does. When a consumer uses search, they signal that the search was useful and relevant by clicking on it. Yeah. The click is a great measure mm. for search. Mm. Now think about our experience when we are reading the news in the morning, yeah. watching a video. We don't expect to just click on things and go away. So mm. the click ends up focusing us on a subset of the population that might, that might do that. And so it's just the, the metrics we choose often have a far bigger effect on what everyone does than we could, than we could imagine. That's really fun. So, so be careful what you measure. Incentives, will, are, incentives yeah. are everything. So yeah. be careful yeah. what you measure, yeah. be careful what you wish for. Um, if you could um, have invented a competitor's product... What would it have been? Um, it would be Google's AdWords. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's just a phenomenally powerful and beautifully elegant product. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. I would have liked to have invented that. Yeah, I would have. I would have liked mm. to do that as well. Uh, we are tight for time, so let's we, go. We get some of this, yeah. Um, yeah. What advice would you give to someone just starting their career or in the middle of their career? Um, learn as much as you can. Keep learning. We're in an industry that is changing really quickly. There are um, there are resources out there. Uh, we, we offer a program called the Real Time Academy, which is about the industry, not about us. It's been yeah. super popular. Probably a couple of thousand people last year went through it, but keep learning. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's throughout my career. How do you that's learn? I, I try and pay attention. I try and keep up. I listen to my colleagues and, and friends and, and read. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just just keep trying. I mean, keep, your eyes open. Exactly, keep your eyes open. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, one of our favourite questions. Mm. Biggest mistake you've made in your career? Oh my goodness. I mean, I've made so many mistakes. I'm not sure I've made all of them, but um, I, I think I've made 
I've made so many mistakes, and I think that um, that's part of that's part of learning. And I think they span mm. the they span the gamut. It's hard; it'd be hard to pick one that I thought was the biggest. But I also mm. I also feel that 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 they're actually a critical part of of learning. And yeah. if you're not willing to to make mistakes, then you're unlikely to learn very quickly. You get stuck, don't you? Yeah. So yeah. best decision is turn it around. Um, yeah, to not give up when you're making mistakes. Persistence. That's the, the entrep- entrepreneurial spirit, right? Is right. carry on going. Resilience. If, if I wanted to summon the Conrad genie and there were five objects that I needed to put into a magic circle to, to bring you to my side to talk about attribution, mm-hmm. what would they be? I don't know whether you'd need five. I think I'm a cheaper date than that. <laughs> um, so uh, you, could, you could get me a, a ticket to White Hart Lane. Brilliant. Okay. We like that on this you podcast. Get the, yeah. You get me the latest copy of uh, New Scientist. Okay. Um, maybe you could get me the promise of a night out with my friends without any worry about logistics or time zones. Yeah. Um, that would be uh, those, that would be a pretty good start. Yeah, they're, good. That's a good... they're good. They're good. They're okay. good. They're good. Um, so on a similar note, after living things, what are the three things that you'd uh, grab out of your your apartment, your house in a fire? Oh, I would grab um, the art. I would get. Oh, tell us about the art. So I've got some some paintings and some um, some photographs from. Uh, I've got photographs from people like Paul Seawright, an Irish artist, and Kim Steele, uh, an American mm. photographer. I've got paintings I like. One of the artists is called Neil Tate. I've got a Banksy that my wow. brother gave us for our wedding, which my wife does not like, but hmm. we would still save it. Um, is there would, a theme throughout the art? Is it? Landscapes is in modern. No, it's just things that, things that I liked. Things, yeah. things, <laughs> things, that, things that I liked. Yeah, um, I would get, uh, you get some of got, the books that couldn't be re- couldn't be replaced. Yeah. Well, you've got three things, Conrad. Okay. So I need one art. Oh, one. oh, 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 oh we're not doing concepts. That's what we're okay, saying. Okay, I don't get to say. Yeah. All, I don't get to say the art. No, no, no. That's strict. Okay, one of one of them. Okay, that is hard. I would get the the painting by Neil Tate. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, and book. Get the books. I have uh, some old books that are passed down through the family. Um, uh, five books of the Old Testament. I would get that. Lovely. And one more. I would get the book of sort of mementos from my kids' early life. Lovely. Lovely. The final thing we do is I, I keep these on my desk. These are from the School of Life. They're cards which have just got questions for okay. careers. And the reason we keep we do this is so you can't prepare for them. Okay. So if you can choose one of these at random, um, yeah. read it out and then answer it. People become attractive in the workplace when they... So, so when they... When, when, they um, when they anticipate the needs of their, of their colleagues, when they provide... Uh, when they're thoughtful and provide uh, information that helps not just themselves but their colleagues and the the entire business, fantastic. The form, brilliant. Are you, uh, that's it. Are you on Twitter? Um, I am not. You are not on, on Twitter. Twitter so Quantcast is on Twitter. So is that at Quantcast? At Quantcast. At Quantcast. So follow at Quantcast on Twitter. At Suyu. At ASD the brand. Um, thanks for listening, comrade. Thank you very much for your Thank time. Thank you so really much. Appreciate Thank that. you. And see you I, next time. I am at K Feldman on Twitter. I'm just not very active. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs>